Thank you, Janet Lee. It always touches my heart to hear you play because you play by the Spirit. God bless you. And hello, everybody out there. This is Analog with Angels 20. Wow, we're moving up the numerical chart. This is November the 17th, 2012, uh, 2013, on a Sunday. So, we are going to have a great service today and some incredible things to share with you. Uh, every word that is spoken, every syllable that is said, we're at, we, we are given the privilege by God that we can request that, those words to be infused with various healings and, and other kinds of benefits. So today we're asking for there to be infused into every word a perfect heartbeat rhythm for all listeners. We recently have a gentleman uh, who is having some serious uh, problems uh, in the rhythm end of it with the heart. And uh, we're going to be doing Gentile on him in uh, another day or two. And in the meanwhile, though, we're going to infuse by the Word of God this message with a perfect heartbeat rhythm for all of the listeners. Praise the name of God. The Peace Bible College of Manifest Studies. Well, where is that coming to? We've had a few requests. I haven't even, ha haven't even had a chance to answer those requests, but I will. What's going on with that? Well, it's sort of been, uh, has, is and has been in a state of suspension. Uh, we um, hope by January, and we're quite sure of that, uh, that we will start uh, working on uh, publications, and I hope to get two or three major publications out by the end of March. Now remember, we're not just writing these to begin with. There's tremendous amount of work, years of work, and, and collective uh, uh, organization uh, that has gone into bringing these writs uh, to the point where they are now, uh, but there is still considerable work to do to finish them. And we're going to take the three months. After we get through uh, those three months and, uh, and into the fall season, uh, with other things we'll be doing uh, in between, uh, we would like to be able to start the Peace Bible College of Manifest Studies. And... Um, uh, this will be a most unusual opportunity because, uh, uh, you know, I'm going to personally myself be the professor and, and teach this course. And uh, we'll be posting in the next few weeks or so uh, what the outline of the courses that would be available. And they, they, will, they will shock you when you see how advanced that these are. And um, we'll be giving you an opportunity to learn these incredible things, some of which, you know, it helps a lot to have the, the manifest uh, uh, website. Uh, it helps a lot to have the broadcast, but uh, it's not the same 
as being able to really spread out the issues and and take them into account one by one to really solidify and and to accentuate uh, the the biblical accounting of this word. So that's coming, and there's going to be uh, offered at that time a um, you know a a twelve month uh, you know um, license that's potentially available, uh, and that is that if you have successfully accomplished twelve months, then you will have an opportunity uh, to pre- uh, take a little further course that will prepare you for a test that if you pass it will then credit you with two years of, of uh, correspondent Bible college. And, uh, and that then will, uh, will put you into uh, ministerial capability and um, all kinds of other advantages. We'll be talking more about that. Uh, that is all coming up. Uh, we sort of want to take from that the scripture in Isaiah uh, the 48th, uh, the uh, 49th uh, chapter, and uh, beginning with the 8th verse, where it says, Thus saith the Lord, in an acceptable time I have heard thee, and in the day, and in the day of salvation have I helped thee, and I will preserve thee, and I will give thee for a covenant to the people to establish the earth, to cause to inherit the desolate heritage desolate heritages, that thou mayest say to the prisoners, Go forth to them that are in darkness, show yourselves. They shall feed in the ways, and their pastures shall be in all high places. That's sort of our motive, our motive also, and uh, it uh, is something to be proud about and, and, and excited about. All right, we want to move on. Uh, with this teaching. Now, this number 666 is far more than it has been accredited to be. People have thought that it was only limited to be the number of the beast. But the fact of it is, is the number 666 is imbued into creation. And that number has basically been uh, attempted to be taken over by the forces dark and and uh, through the use of uh, of advantage of human beings a, a, as to their superstition uh, the these uh, ideologies uh, of what the six six number really represents have been miscued and misapplied uh, there is both good and bad in that number and you may not hardly be able to believe that because you have been so tainted and brainwashed with all of the rhetoric that you've heard for a big part of your life. But by the time you get finished listening to this broadcast today, and hopefully you have listened to some of the previous broadcasts that I have been talking about this number and some of these situations, uh, you may very likely have a changed uh, meaning and idea. Now, carbon. Carbon is involved in endless creation. That's C-A-R-B-O-N, carbon. And if we are talking about it in the atomic aspect, um, and 
we're not going to try to get into the quantum depiction. Uh, we'll just talk about, you know, what it has been rendered as because it does give a good depiction and a good idea. But if we, we look at the nucleus, the nucleus has six protons, which are positive, and six neutrons, which are neither positive nor, nor uh, uh, negative. And, and that is called the nucleus. And then in orbit around that nucleus are two orbits of electrons, which combine to equal six electrons. So you have six electrons, six protons, and six neutrons. So the nucleus and the, the outer two fringes, or the outer two orbits, um, there is a more advanced way of saying it, but let's not confuse people right now with that, uh, has, has the whole story of, the, of carbon, six, six, six. And it is the symbol of endless creation of life. And that is just a plain fact. Now, there are a lot of things that we can look at, but we wanted to this week get into an understanding of the, of the woman that rode or, was, or rides uh, the scarlet-colored beast. And we want to talk about first the basis of the Babylonian math or n numeral system. Uh, there, there are, for instance, in the system that that uh, the English use and mo most of the uh, nations of the world, uh, which is based on is a a, a tin base system. Um, <coughs> there, there. I are um, it's quite a constituency of numbers that that are factors that have to to be learned. Something like twenty five uh, have to be learned, but uh, uh, um, set that off because that that's by using a, a complicated um, analogy. Let's just say that that the the factors available you know are are uh, are very uh are very limited like there's basically two factors uh, available and um on the base 60 which was a babylonian induced system there are many many other factors available like the numbers two, three, four, five, six, 10, 12, 15, 20, and 30. So, okay, repeat. The factors of the base system are only two, that being the numeral two and the numeral five. But with the 60 base system of Babylonians, you have all these many more factors. Factor two, factor three, factor four, factor five, factor six, factor 10, factor 12, factor 15, fa factor 20, and factor 30. Now, a lot of language that even exists in the 10 
uh, base uh, English system uh, encapsulates the Babylonian uh, numeral definitions, like the number 360 for the degrees in a circle. Um, and the fact that because it is connected to this um, uh, 60 base numeral of the Babylonians, it can be broken down, uh, you know, by a single degree uh, at a time. Um, Babylonian numerals were written in cuneiforms, which is a, a soft, moist clay that uh, they would, would, they had a special uh, uh, tool that they would, you know, indent or cut out the number and then they would allow it to dry and it would become hardened and like rock. And uh, so it, it, uh, it has left a record that is uh, quite outstanding and there's more and more being discovered uh, on these ancient writs. Uh, it was also a positional uh, numeral system. And that is very important, which we'll explain to you later. Uh, the positional Babylonian concept was used to represent columns as having a, a differentiation of numeral value in the base 60, 60, uh, base 60 system. So this is all important. And it's, um, it's important to, to see that how versatile that this numeral system is. That, uh, you know, um, first off, 60 is considered a superior number. Um, it um, might be surprising to people that, for instance, the number 666 is a very special kind of prime number, P-R-I-M-E, prime number. And prime numbers are very, very important. So in, this, um, in its prime factorization, uh, uh, taking, for instance, 2 times 2 times 3 times 5, which equals 60, that incorporates or represents the smallest integer divisible by all the integers from 1 to 6. So we begin to see, uh, as we look at these particular uh, figurative um, uh, uh, numerals that, that represent by their positioning uh, certain uh, numerical values. We begin to see how that that works and that how that eventually as it moves on up into the higher numbers it, it begins to as it's put together look like a lattice figuration. So those are extremely uh, interesting and uh, just absolutely, you know, positive. Okay. <clears throat> now, we want to sort of speed ahead of things and get right into an aspect that I want to talk about in order to really make the point of all that, you know, I have available for you. For instance, you know, just in, in common multiple math, that 5 times 12 equals 60, and that there are 12 inches 
in a foot. Okay? And um, that um, there are 12 hours that equal a day, and 24 hours a day and a night. John 11, 9 through 10 says this, Jesus answered, Are there not 12 hours in a day? And if any, many, if any man walk in a day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of this world. Verse 10, But if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth, because there is no light in him. Now, the other thing that's important about the number five is that it was on the fifth day of creation that Lucifer took over and got involved in the actual creation that's happening on earth. And we're going to get into that in just a little bit. <clears throat> okay, so keeping that in mind, let's, um, let's just turn to the book of, um, of Genesis. And uh, let's, let's look at Genesis 2. Genesis chapter 2. Okay. Now, right now I'm working out of just two Bibles. Uh, but I've got different notes in the <laughs> each of the two different ones. So I usually open up both of those uh, those, uh, you know, scriptures. <clears throat> okay. Now, um, let's look at this in chapter 2. First, the important part there that is mentioned, after the, the days of creation had taken place, God blessed the seventh day, sanctified it, rested from all his work, and in verse 4, it's speaking of these seven said days, the six days of working and the seventh special day of rest. That every plant of the field before it was in the earth and every herb of the field before it grew is verse 5. So now we see that we know there was creativity that took place by the mind. And so when we're talking about sending these mind signals back and forth between the different groups of the creative angels of the, of the Ophanim, and how that those mind signals could become interfered with, as they were interfered with by Lucifer, because he was in a very high, dignified position where he had the right to observe and overlook all of those actions and give his opinion or make his changes, etc. And in verse 4 again, that I didn't start with, these are the generations of the heavens and of the earth when they were created in the day that God, the Lord God, made the earth and the heavens. So this whole creation was under the authority 
and under the theocracy and under the determination of the Lord and we'll call the Lord the manifest term Yahweh if you prefer to say Yahweh that's alright you go ahead but if you're ever interested in looking up on the manifestors website the Tetragrammaton you will see why we translate out of Exodus the I am and the I am a different way than is being translated by many of the other scholars and how that it is extremely correct and very pronunciative in defining who the M's are and that the M's have actually a conjunction in the middle instead of a preposition or some other English term so that it's I am and I am and so we have the two M's which are translated to Yah we have the two Yah's the Yah and the Yah now in that chapter it begins to go on in verse 8 and since the Lord planted a garden eastward in Eden the minute someone says you did something eastward in Eden that creates a west otherwise it's just Eden and there's no east there's no west it's just Eden but the minute you say eastward in in Eden you cannot have an eastward without a westward okay and so interestingly in verse 9 and out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food and then he includes as being made out of the ground the tree of life also in the midst of the garden now that's where we know that it is different as to its placement than some of the other trees and that's how that we know that east has a west because there is a differentiation mentioned here as dimension is concerned and this dimension then is described in this word in the midst of the garden so in the divide in the in the middle separating between the east garden and the west garden was planted the tree of life and not only the tree of life which which came out of the ground also the tree of of knowledge of good and evil so now we've got two trees that come out in the midst of the garden the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and these are trees and they grow fruit and if you eat of them it's got the vitamins the minerals the enzymes 
It's got all of the particulars that produce in the body molecularly and to the genes the biological the biological input that can conjunction in your body to give you perpetual life or to give you good knowledge or or possibly and to give you evil knowledge but i think that we um, we see that the bible does say the knowledge of good and evil so they are conjuncted so you end up learning both when you eat of that tree of both what is good and and what is evil we see right from the beginning that good and evil can grow on the same tree <clears throat> can produce from out of its root system that was put into the ground the chemistry that then materializes to affect both physical and even spiritual effects in the human body. That is no minor understanding or revelation. Now, the revelation goes on in Genesis 2.11. The name of the first river. Go back to verse 10. And a river went out of Eden to water the garden. And from thence it was parted and became into four heads. Now, if you look at this very carefully, at verse 8, the Lord planted a garden eastward in Eden. So the garden was in Eden. Eastward in Eden is a garden. And yet, in verse 10, and a river went out of Eden to water the garden. So what has to be clarified here in, in understanding is the, the measure of distance. And the, the more vast that this term garden means than just some little garden you might plant in your backyard. Because it is vast enough to at one point in verse 8 mention it as, as something planted eastward in Eden, something planted called a garden. And yet in verse 9, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden and all those different trees and then, verse 10, and a river went out of Eden to water the garden. So Eden, we have to look at it, and we have to understand that Eden is a lot bigger than imagined. 
and that the garden is not the whole of Eden. It is just a measure of a planting that is made and put in to the garden. But the, the into the garden is explicit in its deeper understanding in that out of this garden, or pardon me, not garden, but uh, out of this, this land Eden, went out a river. So this river could pass, no doubt, through the garden west, come through the garden west, and then enter into the eastern part of Eden, where the garden was, and water it. And then, upon surpassing, or not surpassing, but going beyond, uh, going beyond uh, that, that point, once it, and let's read it in verse 10, and a river went out of Eden to water the garden, and from thence it was parted, and became into four heads. So now it parts, and it goes into four heads. Now, you would have no problem if I was saying, hey, what about the, the heads of the beast? And then you would have no problems based on old philosophy and old doctrine uh, attributing those um, heads to specific kinds of, of kings, of nations. But most people don't think of the word head here having anything to do with humans although it is an it is an analogy that that definitely incorporates you know the animal kingdom and i suppose you could say other kingdoms like even the insect kingdom but it's where we have heads now insects sometimes are called animals in the bible so we're not too far off to just use the word animal and, and any entity that has a head, which certainly does include humans. And it's, it's parted into four heads. And um, the first one is called Paisan. Now, if I was to interpret this a different way, totally different way, and I know that some of these terms in the King James have later been transliterated into later, more known tone uh, 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 words like uh, the the Hidekel, uh you know, changed to the uh, Tigris River, uh, you know, being a parallel river with the Euphrates. But let's just look at these differently. Let's look at this Pi Sun. And let's think in terms because God knew when the scriptures were give, being given. And as these things were being given by the Spirit, it knew that which was, that which is, and that which is to come. And let's think of it in terms of pi being a mathematical expression of the circle. And let's think of the last three letters as being the representation of the offspring of a father. Pi, son. S-O-N. And someone might say, well, that's just because of how it comes out in the English. Uh, that's all right with me. That's all right with you. You want to go back to Greek, uh, uh, you know, uh, or to 
German language or to the Hebrew language or the Chaldean language. You just go ahead. But right now I'm going to take it the way God made it available in the King James and talk about this circle of the sun, the pie, the circle of the sun. And let's see if the context has anything that might establish that. The name of the first is Pison, circle of the sun. That is it which compasseth the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold. The whole land of Havilah. It compasses it. It makes a circle around it. There's our circle. And then, what insects are interested in gold? What animals are interested in gold? I don't know of any writ or any story other than some wacky fairy tale that encapsulates the ideology that animals were in love with the monetary value of gold or with any other reason for gold. It, it was a human thing. And there's no need to mention it if it doesn't have a quality of purpose. And the quality of purpose is because we are talking about four heads, four heads of four kinds of different people. And the first one is the, the circle of a sun, which compasses a whole land called Havilah, where there was gold. And the gold of that land was good. And bedelium and onkstone was also there. Verse 13, and the name of the second river is Gihon. Now, I don't have the time to develop it right now. But it would be interesting to develop this into one of the, the Hebrew words that mean wheel. And someone might think, uh, uh, why or how or for what reason would there even think to be such a thing as that? Well, um, the word Gilgal is the translation of the word wheels, for instance. And um, that word interpretation of Gilgal is involved with meaning when you look it up in the Hebrews, wheels. So if we had the time to take a very long route and to take this Jahan and develop it into Gilgal in a very interesting twining sense, we would also get the name Wheel or Circle. And the name of the second river is Jahan or Gihon, however you like to say it. The same is it that compasses the whole land of Ethiopia. 
Now, Ethiopia is the land where a very evil man came from. And we'll be getting into that a little bit later. Uh, but this was a very early time, way, way before this, this person was even born. And then we go on, verse 14. And the name of the third river, of the third river, is Hidekel, Hidekel, or Hidekel. We note that on the end of this word is an E-L, which is the famous way throughout the Hebrew Chaldean use that goes into transliteration, represents the gods or God. The God or the gods. So now we can see that way, 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 way back before Adam, when these historical, lost historical, prototype people were in existence, that even way, way back then, they were called gods. Now we know that that was lost because it wasn't until some time later after Adam and after the, the fall of Cain that it talks about and then men begin to call on the name of God, but it really means then begin to call themselves the name as being gods. But that didn't happen until the thing with, with, with Cain sort of brought back around this thing that was on the evil side that was happening with the, the Hedekel or, or the Hedekel, Hedekel, the Hedekel, the Hedekel, the word gods, that goes toward the east. Now, we notice there's a difference here because this particular 14th verse does not say where there's gold and, and it com it, this river circles and compasses the land. It doesn't say that. And this is that which goes toward the east of Assyria. And the fourth river is the Euphrates. And there's some very interesting things about the Euphrates. Even in the book of Ezekiel, it talks about the angels that are suspended in the, the great Euphrates that, must, that will one day be loosed from it. It's like this genetic river that there is something about it that has perpetuated 
even into the genetics of Adam. And those are what later we'll describe in the 13th chapter of Matthew as the tares that were infused and, and put into the genetics from which all, can, all humankind became connected with. Now, let's go to Genesis and let's look at Genesis verse, verse 20, or verse 19. And the evening, and we're looking at chapter 1, and the evening and the morning were the fourth day. The fourth day, our fourth generations, is completed. And God said, let the waters bring forth. Now, all along here, there's been a lot to do with the creation in connection to waters. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. We're going to get into that in just a few minutes. Right now we're going to take a break. Janet Lee is coming to the organ.
Thank you, thank you, thank you, Janet Lee. Wow. Super selection. Super style. Thank you. And hello, everybody. Here we are again. We're in Genesis. And we're talking about the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Chapter 1, verse 2. And then, after the fourth day had closed, verse 19. And God said, now, God said. Well, you know, when people see the word God, they think of just one thing. They think that that's God the Almighty. Some think, okay, that's the Father. Or some will say that's Jesus. But, you know, this is just people talking that don't know what they're talking about, don't really know the Scripture, just think that they know it and have been brainwashed with all the, you know, the infiltrations of, of the message preached as disinformation. Now, in the beginning, God created heaven and earth. Is in the beginning the gods created the heaven and earth. And I've preached this and manifested this and, you know, I can't go all over that again. But there is indelible proof. And you cannot take and set down an issue of what you think is fact based on the application of the action of a verb or the the definition by personification of a, of a pronoun or noun as to thinking that that modifies or that contracts the word even though it is not the regular word like Eloah which basically then means God the one God but this is Elohim which is plural means more than one God and to think that that modification uh, is acceptable when in fact it is not acceptable because of the variations that are contextually in the text and when we did the Manifest Peace Bible, which is a very large book, but still needs work to be totally ready to publish it, we used, instead of God or the gods, we used manifold God. Manifold God then means God and included his representatives. Manifold. All the folds. God and his representatives, so that many times representatives were doing, doing the creation, representative angels. And so when we read down here in verse 20, and God said, <laughs> remember, there, there was, there was a, a, a law, there was, a, there was a, an, an idea, an idiom, there was a plan and it was to be plotted, and the, and the angels were to follow this plan, which was given by their, by their, by their Lord and, and, and their God, Yahweh El. And according to his hierarchy, as archangel, as it says in Thessalonians, they were to follow his word. Now, Lucifer was made the second in command for a temporary period of time during this creation, and he became what was called in the Bible the covering angel. 
And so he was covering while the the Lord Yaviel and 144,000 creative angels went into the creation to spirit the creation. This is a way of enhancing and accelerating the creation. And it takes a very advanced angel to be able to do that. And there was 144,000, which the 144,000 has a numerical order and value, but it has a whole lot of other significance, which we don't have the time today to get into. So now we've got, and God said, and manifold God said. Well, in this case, Lucifer was so highly ranked when he was put into this, this job of being the covering angel that he worked out of the office of Yaviel, which office was called the Morning Star. The Morning Star Authority. Lots of scripture for that. And he then took on that title, so now we have both Lucifer and Yaviel with that title, the Morning Star. Now here we say, on this fifth day of creation, is where Lucifer gets involved in the creation, is allowed to get involved, and bring, let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature with half, half the uh, life, the fowl, he's involved in the birds that fly. Interesting, it emphasizes first the fowl instead of <laughs> some other bird creature that was not a fowl that may have fly above the, the earth into the open firmament of heaven. It emphasizes that this was assignment for this fowl. Now we know that Great patriots of old used birds as messengers, like Noah sending out the dove. No doubt Lucifer Satan and some of his attendants were involved in sending out these fowl, which were giving reports as messengers. Verse 21. And God created great whales, Let's keep this in mind now, that God is Elohim here. So Elohim is an incredible number of angels. And the, and the word whale actually is better translated if it, if it means dragon. So now we've got the fowls emphasized and we've got the dragons emphasized. which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind. Every winged fowl <laughs> after his kind. And God saw that it was good. And here is an unfortunate mistake. Definitely sad, unfortunate mistake that is made because they've got everything being good no matter what it was. And there's contradiction of that, even in Genesis. But what it really was saying was not it was good. What it was really saying, and it was so. Or sometimes it would say, meaning it was to be. So it would actually either meant it was so. Like, for instance, in the 15th uh, verse 
of the first chapter of, of, of uh, Genesis. And let them be for lights in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth. And it was so. In other places, they would have just said, and, and, and it was good. And God called it good. And there's all kinds of, of other scriptures where it says something along that line instead of it was good because that was the other uh, extraction or, or in, 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 uh, in position um, input, rather, that could be made uh, by that uh, transliteration. So it was to be. Now, during this time, and he goes on through the whole fifth day, which becomes the longest day of creation, because not all generations are equal. And so they were all, those, seven, those six days, all generation days, but they were not equal. Because generations can be longer than other generations. That is so said in the Bible. And it is after that time when Lucifer is discovered that he is messing with the plan doing what, Genesis, what it says in Matthew 13, infusing his plans into the gen genetics of animals, people, humans. And he is taken out from being able to do that. From that time on in verse 24, after verse 23, in the evening and the morning where the fifth day that ends. The new thing that happens now is totally different than, when, than what was happening before. The creation, even birds flying up in the air, were coming out of the water. But now there's a change. They make a new plan because that whole genetic water-based thing has been fouled up. It's been infiltrated. So now let's, it says, God said, let the earth bring forth the living creatures after his kind, cattle and creeping things and beasts of the earth. So now we see even the naming of things is different and and the creation of the and of the cherubim uh, who uh, also begin to step in as guardians um, especially after their one of their chief second-in-command cherubim angels Lucifer second-in-command to Gabriel was caught doing what he was doing they became very very active in this thing about what was going on. Okay, we've got to really move on here. I'm not even hardly getting into what I want to say. So then, a day can represent 12 hours. A day and a night is 24 hours. The fifth creative day was this time that Lucifer was working. And, uh, and of course, there's a lot more scripture, but I have ministered on this, and I can't redo the whole thing. Like even right now, this is taking a lot of time away from the real message I'm wanting to get into. Now, this whole thing of the factors and the degrees of the circle and the fact that 60 was a superior number and all of these uh, aspects of how that <coughs> the, lad the, the, the numeral uh, uh, factor uh, representations uh, of of letters. How that when they got up to the numeral term fifty six, and then worked up there and on up, 
they begin to look like lattice grids of numbers, lattices of numbers. That is all very important, and it all has very important aspects. Now, people for a long time thought that the Sumerians and the the Akkadians were the earliest civilizations, and they preceded Babylon. And they re never really thought of there being, you know, anything different than that. But they begin to, to discover prehistoric people, people that they have no history about, no proof of fossils, no proof of of um, other aspects that archaeologists might find. And there was what they call the Proto-Euphratians. Proto-Euphratians. E-U-P-H-R-A-T-E-A-N-S. From the Mesopotamia or Potamia area. And they begin to discover that, hey, I mean, the fossil record, they say, goes back 200,000 years. And now just recently, there is a, a scientist who's studying the, the genes and the chromosomes and genomes of a small African village found in the genes a variation to what is generally in most all humans. And that th this particular group of people and particular man that was d diagnosed, analyzed, had far more Ys, which is the male gene, available than the Xs, which is the female which was just absolutely a strange, strange thing. And then as he got digging into this, he began to discover that even within the credentials of the body, as the story would tell it in the genes, even getting into the, the Y and the X and, and, and all of these special uh, things that was being revealed in this new finding, that he could take the history of the earth back And he was able to take it back following a very a strategic and complicated procedure to 140,000 years just using this aspect of the genome. Well, for a lot of years, I've been telling people how far back the creations of pre-humans, of pre-Adamic people have existed and that they went back thousands and thousands of years and there's been all kinds of people just say oh that's just trash that's just no good but now you see science is beginning to come out just begin you've seen nothing yet of what is coming and all these things are beginning to have proofs it is so absolutely awesome it is, it is so important to understand 
how involved this number 666 is. It is involved in the primes. For instance, the sum of the square of the first seven primes is 666. It's involved in the sine and the cosine. 666 equal, leading all this numerous numbers that effect come into this 666, S-I-N, and equaling C-O-N, cosine, 6.6.6. And all the other little ditties that go along with that, which I don't have time to go into. We've got to get our minds open. We've got to get the minds open. We've got to be able to see the revelation in this 666. It's major to you. You need to understand how that these, these Euphratians, the protos, prehistoric, go way, way, way back. In the Holy Manifest, it tells about how that the Garden West went all the way over the anti Lebanon hills and mountains and over by the, the coastal part of Lebanon where, where the, that, the island Tyre is. And then on out through that Mediterranean channel there, on out toward Greece and some of these other nations and finally all the way out close to where the rock of Gibraltar is, where there is a water passageway over into the Atlantic uh, Ocean Basin. And how the, they were so modern, they had these extremely advanced things. Incredibly modern. And more advanced than some of the, a lot of the things that we have on earth yet today. And how that that all came crushing down when that Atlantis, so to speak, was crumbled into the sea. And now rests 15 to 30 feet beneath the soils of the sea bottom. These things are real. These numbers are real. The circle has many different applications. It includes the good, the day. It includes the evil, the night, which they symbolically represent. Doesn't mean that every night is evil. Even biologically, in the red blood cell system, you've got the numbers that belong to the, the 60 base system. in which are all these different positions. The one position that gets into the thousands is 3,600. You have 3,600,000,000 molecules of the breath of life in every red blood cell. Incorporates that number. 
you have 360 billion nitrogen, nitrogen and phosphorus. Atoms in the red blood cell. And I made a note of this some many, many, many years ago, and I don't even know where to find it right now, but I'd find it eventually. In the molydenum, M-O-L-Y-D-E-M-U-N, that mineral, they give a number of 144,000 in, in connection to the red blood cell. I wouldn't want to swear on that one, but it's interesting. All numbers that have a lot to do in the book of Revelation. Now, real quick, let's, let's go over to the book of Matthew. And let's look at some important things here. Chapter 13. I've got to so hurry to be able to get all this out. But this is, this is basement stuff. This is foundation stuff. You've got to know this for it to make sense what I'm putting on top of it. Verse 24 of chapter 13. Unto another parable put Jesus forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which soweth good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came, sowed tares among the wheat, and, his, and went his way. But when this blade was sprung up, and brought forth fruit, there appeared the tares also. Now, come on, let's ask a question. How can this parable be true? How can the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven, include an actual plot while the good men are sleeping or in suspension of creation? the angels in the suspension of creation. That the enemy, of which the Bible says in verse 39 of the same chapter, chapter 13, the enemy that sowed them is the devil, the harvesting of the world, and the reapers are the angels. We've got angels, we've got devils, we've got Lucifer, we've got Satan. And there was a war in heaven. And while these suspended creators were set back so Lucifer could show his work on the fifth day of creation, there was some sowing done called the tares. And the job that was done was so delicate, so complete, so complicated, that Jesus said, Verse 30, let them both grow together until the harvest. In verse 29, he says, because otherwise, when you're gathering up the tares, you'll probably root up the wheat with them, the people, the good people, with the bad. You can't do this. You've got to wait till the end of time. It's going to be there in the people, this, this element, this biological germ that was sowed way back there during the time of the creation, during the time of the war in heaven. It's here in the Bible. The Bible's way ahead of what they're just now beginning to discover. 
way ahead. The scientists say they're finding Cro-Magnon genes, a small percentage still in much of the human population. Hey, I don't doubt any of that. Lucifer did a job. He did a job. He intended to bring forth. And when in Ezekiel 16, Adam as a baby was found, his umbilical cord not even cut, in a state of desertion, the angels came and saved him and said, live, I say to you, live. But before they were able to purify him, the Bible says he was polluted because the whole story of who he came from, how he came forth. Someone says, yeah, but he came out of the dirt. <laughs> Come on. Every human being, from the dust thou wast, thou wast made, and to the dust shalt thou return. That's every human being including Adam. So, this goes way back. And here's something that you need to look at, you need to consider. And that is that there's this thing called reconciliation. And the Bible tells us that in this reconciliation, mentions it in Colossians, it mentions it in Corinthians, that Jesus began taking back, he began to reconciliate the creation. It's in the scriptures, folks. It is in the scriptures. Well, if he had to reconcil reconciliate the creation, then that means that somebody else had it and it had to be taken from them. Now you can get in your strongest concordance and look up the word reconciliation and you just check out Colossians and Corinthians and discover for yourself that that is true. This reconciliation was that it had to be brought back into the, the claim and the ownership of Yahweh through Jesus Christ. <clears throat> In the English of America, there are, there are remnants of the Babylonian base. 60 minutes of an hour, 60 seconds of a minute, 360 degrees in a circle. Remnants of the, Ab the Babylonian base. 666 is a unit based on positions. Positions of three can go into the thousands. It is so important to see how this works. The Babylonians had a, 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 n a number figure 
that they used. And it looked like a little small pyramid with up toward the top a line across where the, where the, the apex, close to the apex. And then it had a stem that came down. And when there was a line on the right, a line on the left, so you had a column. And this, this stemmed pyramid was number one. And then you can add, you know, number two, number three, number, all the way up to nine. But when you got to number ten, that pyramid was turned on its side so that the point wasn't facing up to the top. The tail disappears and it is facing to the side of the next column line. And that became, becomes 10. And then there's a column where 60 comes in. And there's another column where 3,600 3, come in. And if we were having a college class right now, we would have time to really get into all the details of it, which we do not have. This positional number system was very deeply into the aspect of business and trade, which the Babylonian system was about. Now, in other words, business was the key of the Babylonian Empire, and it needed a number system for that. And this idea of monetary goes all the way back to those ancient prehistorical people where it's talking about the pi sun, the circle sun, and the tehide keg el. The gods also about the circle. Ladies and gentlemen, it's exciting. It is absolutely exciting. The 12 around one. We come to the unusual mathematical product as one produces six, so six produces 12. The arms of the six-pointed star extend to intersect the outer rims of the six circles to form a perfect overall division of space into 12 parts. Shown below, in, and I'm going to, if I had this available, I would, I would print it as I have in the past. You'd be able to see some of this. But this 12-sided polygon is, you know, um, which means 12-sided, is made from six squares and six equilateral triangles fitted around a hexagon. And it's an interesting, incredible object. Now, I did a teaching over the radio, and, the, and I talked about Saturn's polar hexagon, a swirling vortex at the center of Saturn's North Pole. It's one of the most bizarre things that is seen in the solar system. They don't know the answer to this unusual natural type of geometry that is being portrayed on Saturn. 
They don't understand it. It's enfolded with the number 13. And interestingly, when we did our math for you on the fringe, we came up with the 613, which were the, the laws of the Torah. Well, this 613 is a prime number. And you know I showed you how that it then ends up adding on the fringe to 666. But it is the corruption of this number that is the causation of infusing the mystery of evil. There is a force that has assigned evil and dark connotations to numbers that are 6 plus 13, like 613, the laws of the Korah, which then are added to are added to to make the 666 number of the fringe, which represents 666 billion angels, which is two-thirds of the one-third of the angels that were cast down from Lucifer's dragon tail that did not want to take earthly bodies and so refused to take earthly bodies, which was the thing that had to be done in order to get their redemption and forgiveness of sins. This aberration of an interpretation that belonged to disinformation as regards the number 666, as I said earlier, is the causation of infused mystery of evil. We'd like to get into more of that, but we've got to move on quick here if we're going to cover some more stuff. I've talked to you in the past about Nimrod and Astoreth, his wife. She's called by other names, but being the same person, the queen of heaven. And we know that Nimrod conquered Babel, Eric, Alcad, Akkad, rather, and Kalnag, and Sumerah, and other great cities, and then also found at Nineveh. In chapter 10 of Genesis, said Nimrod was a mighty hunter. A lot of meanings in that I don't have time to get into right now. He built the pyramid tower, Ziggurat. He's connected with his father's name, Baal, B-A-A-L. And that's connected with events that happened in the past of the battle between, between the good angels and the, and the evil angels in human form on earth at the Baal Hermon, the great mountain. And when this Baal-Zibah, B-A-A-L, Dash Z 
or Z-E-B-U-B, Beelzebub, called the Lord of the Flies, and I just call it Lord of the Flyers, but the real, real deep meaning is, is that there's been a corruption of that transliteration. And the real translation is Beelzebul, or it could be spelled B-A-A-L-Z-E-B-U-L, and it means Lord of the High Place. And it's all part of the unholy trinity, the Lucifer, Morning Star, Satan, and Beelzebul, Nimrod, and, and this Lord of the High Places is, even includes the word heaven. And so the idea of flying is involved. And Astaroth was the queen of heaven. She is also called the female sea dragon. So you've got Lucifer, you've got the queen of heaven, Astaroth, and you've got Nimrod, you've got the, this trinity, and there's more to it than that. And we know that Saturn has this polar thing it's a literal, actual thing, not some imaginary thing. Huge. It's a swirling vortex that's a hexagon. Because Saturn was a place where Lucifer, before the flood, took some of his giants to survive on the, one of the moons. I did the whole teaching. You'll have to find it. I'm just wanting to make a point here how that this hexagon, which has the number 666 in it, is connected to this whole thing with, with Lucifer. This new name I told you last week, Orphandemus, which means the old fan, the angels that fell, and, or their name before they fell, and Demas means the people. I want to do a lot of talking about them. How the Ophendemus can represent the unit that represents the beast, can represent the unit that represents humanity. It's so important. We had so much that we talked about when we talked about the 6-6 revelation. We showed you how that on the fringe of the Zizit, this number 666 is on those fringes. When you include all the windings and you include the, the number of the Torah laws and the number of, of the seven main colors that white have prisms to. And you cover the seven number, which represents the mystery of this whole revelation of the, of the stars and the, the two-thirds and the one-third. 
And it's all part of this thing of the fringe with this pomegranate and bells and this tonations of the bells and revelations of the pomegranates as being the seed sent out in these created worlds that are to go out and be part of Isaiah 51 when we plant the heavens. It is so, so very important. We talked about, you know, the, the time of Christ hour. We broke down the thousand years to one day till we got into the numbers, till we got down to 120, 125 years compared to three hours. Then we broke that on down to hours individually so that one hour by dividing three into 125 years comes up with the number 41, 666, 666, 67. We showed how to prove it mathematically to show that this is just not a freak deal. That these numbers have special regard and even when you get into retrieving the revelation on the ten horns so that you, do, you figure what their particular hour represents for each of these ten horns, we come back with the number Four one six 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 seven. We give you a lot more. We showed you a lot more. It's just so much to talk about, so much to be excited about. All of this revealed in the the coils and the windings of the strands of the four corners of the fringe garment. Who would have thought that an object such as the ephod, which had around about it the urim and the thumb and the perfection of lights, would actually hold within the folds and the revelations of its knots and its strands, which stood for hair. We showed how that Ezekiel was pulled up by this portion of his hair and how that it, it was described by the Hebrew word, the same word that means fringe. Zizi. We call it the Ziz, the Zif. There is so much revelation on this aspect of what the 666 number is. But I don't want to take you too deep into math yet. 
but all of the things it represents. People don't understand that one of the things that Lucifer does is anything that God does, he tries to copy it and put it into his name as the inventor of it and the creator of it. He is the true counterfeit, but he is a very advanced counterfeit. He can make his counterfeit jobs look like the real thing and the real reason and the real proof. But as people begin to really see this 666 revelation, you've got to be like David. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Sometimes you've got to be so that when evil is present, even in its revelation of the word, that you are able to see that that tree of knowledge has both good and evil, not just evil. Otherwise, just because somebody comes along with some religious idea, and begins to turn stars into pure astrology and begins to turn rainbows into a whole new age of thought. That you say, well, I'm not going to be connected with them. I, I don't want to get into the thing about stars. I don't want to get into the revelation about stars because uh, that's being used by the astrologers. I don't want to get into the revelation of the rainbow because that's being used by these other new kind of religious things. And so you become a loser because you allowed the counterfeit job of Lucifer to do exactly what he planned to do, rob you of the truth, rob you of the things pertinent to God and pertinent to beauty, pertinent to holiness, pertinent to history. When we are finished revealing this 666 number and how it represents these fallen and how that it is the message that the, that the angels are flying through the heavens preaching the everlasting gospel about. And we stand and say, I'm not letting the beast Or the dragon steal from me the peace and love that I have in Christ Lord Jesus. I am not going to allow myself to be tantalized or corrupted with the message part about the number of the beast. Because we know that in every case where there is the evil people being talked about as far as a designation of being marked on their forehead or in their hand, that the same thing is being mentioned on the other side of the people of God being sealed in their forehead and written upon in their, on their hands. 
Someone says, ah, it's not there. You don't know the Bible or you wouldn't say that because it is there. Ladies and gentlemen, this revelation is a revelation of an immense period of time that went by on earth prior to the, the birth of Adam who was born not on the sixth day but was born on the day generation of rest, the seventh day. Someone said, well, how can that be? Oh, did you think that that during the Sabbath, during the Sabbath generation, that there could be no birds hatch, hatch their eggs, no flowers bloom, no births that could be given by humans because it was the Sabbath, and that would stop all creation from even breathing or moving? Surely you didn't think that, because if you did, God help you. One day, we're going to have more and more of this revelation revealed. And you are going to be like the, the sons of God in Job 38 who shouted for joy at the revelation of creation. There is so much yet to cover. There is so much yet to be said. This fringe revelation, this Sea seat or scissors. is just beginning to unfold. And I didn't even get to get to the queen that rides the scarlet colored beast. Don't you know that if she's riding the scarlet colored beast, the beast didn't go up to her and say, get on me. Stay seated, keep your mouth shut, go wherever I take you. No, no. She was the commander. And she was telling that beast where to take her, just like a human would have a horse, take it where it wants to go. And her great system of commerce, the love of money, the Bible says, is the root of all evil. Little did people know as they begin to get into this present and majorly coming Babylonian monetary system that it is the Babylonian queen of Estora, wife of, <laughs> of evil, who rides that beast. And the beast, which represents the people, doing a work for the dragon, really wants to not be the burst of Eden, the burst of, pardon me, the burst of, um, our beast, rather, of, of work. It wants to be more privileged with noble status. But this queen, <laughs> of darkness, this Babylonian queen, queen of heaven, 
is powerful. A powerful, powerful queen. And I'll get more into the detail of the queen of heaven. This Babylonian queen and some very interesting things next week. In the meanwhile, as I come to the close of this teaching, we plan to close down the radio broadcast as far as live broadcast at the end of December. And I hope to be able to go into January, February, and March working only on the books that I want to get printed. I'm hoping for there to be three. I think I can do that, but it's going to really be a heavy amount of work. And as I've shared with you, if there's any of you people out there, I'm not asking for any of you people that have been helping us. You've been doing all you could. God bless you. I'm not asking for that. But if there's anyone out there that can be a part of helping us financially, because we're going to need some financial help when we go into this this time. And i got to know some of this ahead of time. Pray about it. What an exciting time that's coming. And after that, we'll eventually, hopefully, start the college. And I'll tell you more on that. May God's healing heal you greatly. May God's love love you.